0: Welcome, guys. I'm here with Jason at his restaurant. Jason is one of the few bartenders I would, you know, would love to have this conversation with. And we're going to dive today in the business of bartending. You know how uh, bartenders can improve their sales, how they can get foot traffic, how you know all about the business of the bartending. Jason, thanks for having me here. Thanks for being here, Sid. Great. Uh, why don't you tell our audience a little bit about you know how you came here, what what do you do about your career, and just walk over uh, walk over your daily tasks, please.
1: Yeah. I started bartending here at Sen's restaurant uh, about 10 years ago. I started as a lunch bartender then slowly moved my way up to evening shifts and eventually took over the bar management position. Uh, Since then the restaurant itself has evolved a lot. Um, It was very casual about Mm -hmm. 10 years ago and Mm -hmm. then ever since then we made a lot of investments in terms of our chef, in terms of our bar, in terms Mm -hmm. of our staff Mm -hmm. to really bring it up to a caliber to grow with San Francisco's economy, as it grew a lot in the past 10 years. Mm -hmm. Um, I think some of the biggest changes and challenges were adapting to the different uh, type of demographics that would come to the bar. Okay. When I first started here, it was a lot of banking. It was a lot of finance, uh, a lot of retail. Mm -hmm. Uh, And as everyone knows now, it's a lot of technology companies, Mm -hmm. software companies, and the whole dynamic of uh, bar interactions and bar guests has changed a lot in the past 10 years. So a lot of it is adapting the environment here and make sure that uh, the new types of people coming to bars now and restaurants Mm. are uh, having a good time. Jason, uh, walk me over the start, like when you come in, five
0: things you quickly want to do it in the first 15 minutes. Uh,
1: Make sure we have enough uh, batches. We do a pretty extensive batching, uh, cocktail batching program here, which basically means uh, all the spirit components of a particular specialty cocktail are all pre-mixed together in the proper proportions. Uh, this saves the bartenders, you know, anywhere from two to four steps during uh, final execution. Mm-hmm. So instead of grabbing, you know, three or four different bottles and mixing it, we pre-mix that, and so all the bartender has to do at the end is just combine citrus, maybe some sweetener, shake or stir and strain, and and it really speeds up the production process without really sacrificing uh, any of the quality. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second thing is uh, inventory and uh, and that kind of encompasses both, you know, is the bar stock the way it should be and also do we have uh, daily inventory, juices, garnish, uh, fruit, uh, everything that we need to be successful at night. Mm-hmm. Uh, thirdly, I double-check for any uh, uh, Anomalies to the schedule. Sometimes uh, this is a big space. We have a lot of pop-up events sometimes mm-hmm. so our events department may uh, have last minute signed up a thirty-person cocktail reception, basically deviations to what the normal schedule would be. So then we can make sure that we're prepped and ready to go uh, for those types of events. Mm-hmm. And then otherwise, you know, just basic things, just making sure you know everyone comes in on time and schedules are correct. And mm-hmm. um, yeah,
0: what would be the major difference between a bar manager and a bartender? What are the things that bar manager has to do that obviously bartender doesn't right. do?
1: Well, ultimately, I I view the position as uh, you're ultimately responsible for the operations of the bar. And that includes staffing, that includes uh, inventory, uh, the cocktail list, um, and just making sure that the machine is moving and guests are having a good time and the restaurant is profitable off the bar program. That includes a lot of things uh, down the line, but kind of as an overview, it's just ultimate responsibility of the performance of the bar. And uh,
0: I assume that you would have a couple of bartenders assisting you in the busy hours as well. Yes. And that is also your responsibility to train them, to coach them, to make sure they are on track. Absolutely. You know, yep. So it's, it's just running the whole thing. Absolutely. What would your meeting with the supplier and pitching you this product mm-hmm. look like? Like What are the things, you know, just that five minute, what questions would you ask and what would you look for price, promotion, support, that kind of stuff?
1: Um, I look for... Um, uh, something unique about it, uh, because that about also the brand? about the brand, because that translates into a story that we can convey okay. to the guests. Okay. Um, something uh, maybe special about the quality of the spirit. Maybe they underdo, undergo a certain process that makes it better or, or smoother or, okay. or something different that stands out. Um, having a local support in the city is also amazing because okay. uh, you want to not only bring in a product, sell it off, and then never hear from. Mm -hmm. The company, again, you want to form a partnership, you want to keep working with these people Mm -hmm. uh, so that you have a long-lasting relationship with their spirits and with their support. Uh, Price, always an issue, you know, if it's out of the ballpark. What
0: about like the price? Let's go break that down into deals. Like, You prefer a
1: mixed case or maybe a six bottle best price or one on five or what kind of? We usually start off uh, with uh, spirits we've never carried before. Uh, We usually start off with something like a two bottle combo. That's it just start with let me try one each let me i'm willing to buy it let me try it let my bartenders play with it let's see how the customers react to it if we can gain some traction uh, we can come up with a cocktail or people really like it then we'll start talking about case orders understood
0: what if it doesn't move you know what can supplier do to help here and make sure he can rebuild the trust and get it going
1: one thing i always ask uh, newer suppliers is how much promotion are you doing on your end what are you doing to invest to make sure that not only are the bartenders pushing the new spirit, but what are you doing so that the customers are asking for the new spirit? Um, at the end, if a product doesn't move, uh, we will either try to move it off at a at a private event, uh, or we will, at the end of the day, just sell it off in our in our well.
0: What are the good metrics that you have to meet, right? Like for from the business side, right. you know, uh, you have to report obviously the general manager or let's say the owner. Right. What are the things uh, that Every day, or every week, or every month, you sort of okay. Here's my performance
1: for the bar. Well, there's always the underlying um, uh, metric of poor costs, hitting certain poor costs okay. uh, every month. And um, I guess for those of you who don't understand yet, um, sorry, that's a bad yeah, phrase. Okay. For those of you who don't don't aren't familiar with that, it's basically um, the cost of goods uh, okay. purchased versus how much we sell it for. Okay. Um, and so you said controlling poor cost meeting certain poor costs is is one metric of how well your par is performing um so however that's not everything because if you only look at your profit margin Mm. based on the type of alcohol you sell you're not really seeing the big picture you know if you want to make ten dollars off of a shot of vodka every single time you can you can structure your pricing to hit that correct that's not always the best thing for business understood sometimes you want to sell a more premium vodka maybe not as a high of a profit margin but overall more net revenue coming in. Yeah. So these are some of the things you also want to determine. Um, your demographics. So you would in. have a, sorry to interrupt, but you would have a, a fixed budget.
0: That, okay, this month my poor cost should be $50,000, for example. Um,
1: I, I fortunately don't have a fixed budget um, and there's a general poor cost that I want to maintain. Okay. But when you look at it on an item level it's always different it's not all it doesn't apply across the board i guess that's what i'm trying to say okay. some people might say for a restaurant you'd want to try to get an 18 percent poor cost 17 percent okay. poor cost that's a good rule to aim at but that's not uh, comprehensive of how you want to be profitable
0: behind the bar okay so there is poor cost then what other things you know uh you are
1: responsible for uh there is uh the cocktail list okay which uh For most customers that come to SENS, it's uh, probably about 60 to 70% of the type of alcohol they consume is what is off of our cocktail list. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's a very heavy driver uh, in terms of uh, what we can move in terms of units and volume. Mm -hmm. Uh, So in that sense, uh, that's of a very high interest to uh, vendors Mm -hmm. to be on our cocktail list Mm -hmm. because that's a primary uh, mover of inventory. Right. Uh, So what we try to do is, uh, number one, make sure the cocktail is amazing, and then number two, try to work with suppliers to make sure that we are in a position where we can provide good products, but also get good pricing for moving that much volume for them. Jason, how do you choose liquor? Um, I get a lot of great opportunities to do tastings with various brands um, that are offered, Uh, and sometimes it's very tempting to choose the things that I like to stock the bar with. Um, But I think. the best rule that I've learned is to always have a certain baseline of, of, of liquors and, and product that are very well known that people will gravitate towards. Mm-hmm. Okay, And then you have to balance that with introducing new spirits mm-hmm. and giving your bar um, the presence of having variety. Yeah. right. But what you also don't want is to have so much variety where it's all sitting on your shelf and yeah. you're locking in all of your cash flow. And you, you, you may have a beautiful back bar, but, yeah, you know. Just by the looks of it, <clears throat> this looks like you're more whiskey driven. Is that true? Uh, it's it's really just driven by the demand of, of this restaurant. So, yes, uh, there's a high uh, consumption in terms of different types of uh, whiskeys and different types of tequilas and mezcals. Versus vodka, you know, most people will gravitate towards their one or two picks. So we don't have a very large range of vodkas. Um, so really it, it's it's a reflection of, of the demand here at the restaurant. What about sales? You know, uh,
0: in one way or the other, it may not be under your control, right? Like how many people are coming? Right. But at the end of the day, it boils down to sales, right? Yes. So how, how does that go?
1: Well, with this bar sales, we we look at the sales, uh, not just uh, with the bar, but we look at it overall with the bar and the cocktail, cocktail, cocktail servers. Uh, So um, overall, we're not looking for a specific amount every day because the times are a little different right now. Uh, I would Mm -hmm. say maybe before before uh, the pandemic, you know, we would like to hit a daily average of certain amount of things, Mm -hmm. Um, but of course, we, are, uh, we understand that we don't control the amount of people that come in. There's a lot of variables that uh, influence. If, mm-hmm. there's a, if there's a Giants game or a Warriors game, mm-hmm. a lot of people tend to stay closer to the stadiums mm-hmm. and then we kind of lose business those days mm-hmm. uh, on days that there aren't games or days that the games are away, then we get a huge influx of people that mm-hmm. want to stay. Um, so with just relying on sales, I would probably say that's not the the biggest metric uh, in terms of just looking at the bar performance. Yes. Yeah. And maybe it's
0: because of the way you're set up. You have some restaurant part and you have some bar part. Right. Uh, So you just don't know till the person says, I want to sit here at the bar or I want to go for right the sit down. Yeah. You know, is there any percentages that you have to meet? Uh, You know, you expect. 20% 20% contribution to the entire restaurant uh, sales, like for food and beverage, is that
1: expected? Uh, no, we don't have any type of uh, expectation. Generally, uh, on an average, the the bar, which includes beer, wine, cocktails, uh, makes up about 40% of the day sales and the other 60 comes from food.
0: This is a busy place, it already looks like you've served very <laughs> quickly, and, and, and especially the business hours, people would walk in yeah. here and go home and have a drink, but for a non-busy place, you know, how would you optimize A second sale or let's upsell any techniques you in your career you've been that it it works
1: Um, the most successful uh, way to upsell it at our at our bar is really to educate our cocktail staff and our bar staff Mm -hmm. Um, familiarizing themselves with uh, different levels uh, in price point and quality of uh, different types of spirits vodka whiskey gins really Very easy to upsell. A customer might come in and say, I'll just have a well gin and tonic and all the server or bartender has to say is, have you tried Bar Hill? It's amazing. It's made from raw honey. You know, I've won a couple of spirits awards this year. No problem. You know, Mm -hmm. Uh, it's an easy upsell. Uh, All it requires is that uh, the cocktails and the cocktailers and the bartenders are, uh, yeah, you just have to ask. Uh, In this business, you're not selling them a car, you're not selling them insurance, yeah. you're selling them something that they're going to enjoy immediately. Yes. So it's just a very small step for them to really get a better spirit in their glass or, or have a better uh, cocktail. Um, and we don't expect our, our cocktail staff to know every single bottle. But what we say is, Hey, choose one or two upsells in each spirit category. So have your go-to upsell when someone orders a Manhattan say oh you know have you tried you know can I offer you Woodford Reserve or can I offer you Bar Hill Gin or can I offer you Belvedere you know they don't have to know every single spirit in the book but just have something on hand same with wine yeah they don't have to have some everything on in their heads but just something in their in their heads that they're comfortable selling
0: okay Uh, what's what 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 are the challenges day to day you know just explain your work like let's say what do you do and
1: then what things that you think are like oh this is this is hard but this is the way I do with it So, um, one of the biggest challenges I face uh, managing this bar is that uh, the volume. Uh, It can be very high volume here. Mm -hmm. Um, We operate uh, four bartenders on our busiest days with two service walls. And we're also a restaurant. Uh, We're also in a nice location. We have a great cocktail program. We have a great food program. The challenge is to make our cocktails fun and exciting Mm -hmm. while at the same time maintaining a reasonable output volume. Mm-hmm. for the volume uh, for the number of people ordering mm-hmm. so whereas um, you know I have one bartender that's super creative loves to make very complicated cocktails mm-hmm. and they look amazing but they are not uh, realistic to execute under our busiest times understood so the challenge uh, for me is to find a balance with 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 the cocktail program and with my bartenders yeah who are very much involved in making all of our cocktails yeah uh, to try to find a balance between what is the best possible product we can put out that still meets the expectations. Uh, Looking of at our that best. particular day, sort of how is it going? Right? Correct. Correct.
0: Yeah. So, but what if it's in the menu and people just want
1: it? Well, yes. So, we, what 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 I'm saying is we try to engineer our cocktails so that even in so our busy times... So, you have four different menus and you just switch it? No. Uh, our cocktails, we engineer them so that even in the busiest of times, oh, understood. they are feasible to execute. Got it, got So, it. It. it's not like this cocktail takes eight You don't want you know, one fancy cocktail someone's taking and everyone, I want that. Because Correct, right. Okay. We still want to put out good cocktails, but we also have to uh, understand that this this bar can get very busy <laughs> and we don't want to lose out on uh, people's expectations. The time, time it takes
0: to make cocktail is an important uh, element, they, Very, they, they, very they design important. the cocktail list.
1: Right. This is not yeah. a, a bar um, like an 8-person, like a yeah. you know, high-end bar where people expect to wait a long time for an amazing cocktail. There yeah. are places like that. Uh, Sens is a restaurant. Uh, first and foremost, a lot of people are sitting out on our patio, enjoying the view, having some great food. Uh, they want to order some cocktails. Yeah. Their friends are here. Their level of expectation is not, "I'll wait 15 minutes for an amazing cocktail." I they're, they're, it's a different expectation. Got it. Yeah. Find
0: me a good bartender. You know what? What would you think is like amazing bartender that you just want to retain? Like, like I'm talking about not good. Like, absolute like best of the best like which you've come across and you just think that oh i need this guy what
1: are the qualities mm-hmm. um they're great with uh, guests okay that's uh, first and foremost it's very um it's not uncommon to find someone that's very mechanically skilled behind the bar they can make drinks they're fast they're efficient uh they show up on time uh but you know that's a baseline you know you should be able to perform the skills you need to perform uh, what i find harder to find these days are people that are more engaging with our customers because when you come to a bar and you sit at the 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 bar you you know sometimes you want to be left alone but most of the time you want to have some type of conversation Mm. otherwise you would be sitting at a table yeah Uh, so really to have a bartender that uh, at a base level knows their mechanics behind the bar of Mm. course but is also loves being behind the bar enough where they want to share that experience and communication with our guests i think that's a that makes a real
0: what life. are the questions do you ask to a new recruit you know like give me some four or five good questions that a bar manager would ask for a new bartender like when, in, in the interview, interview process yes. yeah
1: i uh definitely asked them about um their previous uh, bar and not just what was it but I, I i asked them what was the day like at your previous bar because Based on what they say, I can see what their focuses are. If they say, well, I did a lot of prep work and I did this. Yep. uh, Then, you know, maybe you think, okay, maybe they're very prep focused or maybe they're very, you know, but if they say, oh, we had great guests, that you find the one home run bartender. So what you do most of the time, or what I do, is you capitalize on different people's strengths. So some of my bartenders, mechanically super strong, uh, maybe not the most social, but now they're the ones in charge of most of the prep work got it so they love doing that yeah so later in the evening might some of the more social bartenders come in maybe not so diligent at prep but excellent at communicating with guests and executing uh, when needed so it's really uh, about a team if you can't find the one perfect person you build a perfect team
0: one last question sure uh, give me your story if you remember a supplier we just nailed it We you think I like this guy you know, like, you know, because just because I like him, I think I trust him. What was that which made you think that I trust and like
1: this supplier? I think he'll be making sure it moves. I remember speaking with, uh, I don't remember his direct supplier from uh, the spirits company that represents Bar Hill, but I remember them coming in um, maybe five years ago and, and, and telling us a story about what they were doing. Uh, what really piqued my interest back then was that they were a very uh, unique approach to making the gin. Um, I remember they weren't trying to be too aggressive with it. They just said, hey, here's our product. Uh, we put a lot of pride behind it. We think it's great. Uh, we want you to try it. Um, and to me, what sold it was it was a very unique product, had a unique angle, a unique story.
0: What's your closing like? Like last 15 minutes, how do, how do you wrap the day? Or last 30 minutes, Or whatever. Walk me over the
1: closing, you know. You know what you do. But how does the end of the day look? End of the day, uh, the servers are finalizing the last uh, customers. They're coming to the bar and finishing off their checkout and their paperwork. Okay. And really, the end of the day for the bartender is to do a sweep behind the bar and make sure everything is uh, cleaned, uh, everything's prepped for the next day. And that takes one hour? or. Um, It typically will take about an hour to close down the bar. Yeah. Um, And making sure everything is really just clean and organized for the morning bartender that comes in. You want them to enter a bar that they're happy entering. Uh uh, So you leave the bar in a good position for the next bartender to come in.